0: This is the Inside LAFC MVP podcast, joining you from the glorious living rooms of Vince LaRosa and Max Bretos, And we are, we're not in the performance center. It's a weird week. Um, you were at the stadium. Uh, I, I should tell people I got to call the game, as many of you probably heard. Although the stadium was packed, I think all the LAC fans that could get there got there and it got more full. Mm-hmm. As the game wore especially the north end, it was like half and then boom at the end yeah. it was just packed. It was beautiful, beautiful to see. Uh but in order to call this game, I go to Vista Met uh the Vista Plex, uh Media Plex.
1: it makes it sound so much nicer.
0: In uh Fort Lauderdale. So I flew there and I flew back in about a 30 hour span, which is uh, not a good habit, but I'm getting I, used to it.
1: I, please don't get used to it. I don't know how you do it. I don't the think big pro- I'll tell you
0: the big problem with it. Go for it. Swelling. Of the joints and leg and areas because you're sitting in a chair. Mm-hmm. So I got.
1: So does that mean you need less or more sodium?
0: Uh, what can help you. Out I should there? check on that because it's. So I would wear it would, my feet when I get off the plane were a lot bigger than they normally are, yeah. and my ankles. I'm like, Ugh. so I started wearing compression socks, which mm-hmm. alleviated that. But you pull the compression socks all the way up to below your knee, so all the fluids instead of going to my feet, where do you think they went?
1: Right in that knee. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You can now predict the weather with your knee, right?
0: <laughs> it's, I'm like, what? It's like, I woke up, where did that come from? So uh, no more compression socks. So lots of water, lots of small print reading. So my eyes get tired. So I get sleep on the plane. The book that you lent me, uh, which I'm about halfway through.
1: Yeah. It's a fun book. Meet, meet me in the bathroom. Meet me in the bathroom. The, the New York City rock and roll scene in the early 2000s.
0: I I've, I've endeared myself to some of the bands there like the Yeah Yeah Yeahs which I always liked. Mm-hmm. I loved LCD Sound System but that James Murphy sounds like a real rascal.
1: Everyone in the book said there's just no heroes in that book.
0: Uh, well, I mean you hear some of their stories and you do it but James Murphy was a real SOB.
1: <laughs> I just I love that book. It's uh, for all It's a good
0: book. I am really enjoying it.
1: Yeah, that haven't haven't seen it or heard about it. Again, it's about like the Strokes, the Yeah Yeah Yeahs, LCD Sound System, Interpol. Interpol, all those New York bands, and it's all word of mouth, so it's it's a and it's oral history. It's all directly from these people, which makes it fun. It's like uh
0: It's a very different read, which is uh Yeah, I'm surprised how I'm ripping through it.
1: If you've never read uh, another book in a similar vein, please kill me, which is about the New York scene, but the punk scene when the Ramones were around, New York Dolls, that kind of stuff. It's in that vein. So that's if you if you need another book after that, Max, I do have Please Kill Me, and you can check that one out. It's a great. Yeah.
0: So small print books, lots of water. And when you board a flight, as I do, from Miami, they have these Cuban cafes, Versailles or La Careta. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You get like some heavy food, like a papa de llena or or an empanada. You eat a couple of those. So you're (laughs) that's the system. It's no no medication. Mm -hmm. Stay away from that. No, no good. No Xanax or Ambien. Mm -hmm. Maybe once in a blue moon, but very rarely. I do it all natural with Cuban pastries. And uh, small print books.
1: <laughs> I know it, it blew my mind. So 110 football we did, we got to be in the southwest corner and we did a watch along Connor and I, which was great to, well, I love those because you have you doing the broadcast, and then us being kind of your, your buddies, you're your, bantering back and forth and talking about random stuff. Connor was hungry the whole time, so we had to get him some tacos from Treo's tacos from inside. So him and I are doing that from inside the stadium. You're all the way in Florida. Dave Denholm, who we should say will be our guest today, the radio yes. voice of LAFC. He's actually physically in the stadium for once. And it's like, we can't all get, we just can't all get on the same page here. And then of course we're via zoom today. You just can't. Correct.
0: Well, by necessity, we were glad lives. we got this done. Although Vince did get uh, the coaches show done under the under wraps from the stadium.
2: So from that'll be coming stadium.
1: out. Yeah. It's interesting. Not so my, very cool. I, I shouldn't. Yeah, I'm just going to say it. I'm an open book. I, I felt my performance could have been better in that, in this one, Steve oh. is always great. Uh, but maybe being at the bank, I got, you know, I got it. It was just a, a higher level for me. You know, I went from the practice facility to the big time. Maybe that's what yeah. tw- it took took it out of me a little bit, but Hey, we're going to do Jeep. this every, we're going to do this every week. Some aren't going to be as good as others. My, my own performance. Uh, but Steve is always gracious. I could honestly, one day I, we, I could just roll the cameras and just Steve and I hanging out talking like no theme and he would totally get through it and he's great. yes
0: by the way team security paul took an unsolicited photo and sent it of me uh, to me of you and steve doing the show which is a was creepy. a little
1: creepy that was another aspect of it paul was mad dogging me the entire time oh. Uh, oh and he uh he makes me nervous because he's got a <laughs> that, lot of that, power man
0: that stare he gives you yes which is like anyway
1: It's tough love. He always takes very good care of us, but at the same time, I'm terrified of him. And by the way, and and that's the way he likes it.
0: Yes. That's why he's been so successful at his job. And he's worked with all these, all these sport, these franchises within Los Angeles for so long. We talk about coaches and Steve Chirindolo and you know, you like him because his guard down, his guard is so way down. He's like, he's he's an open book Mm -hmm. with regards to telling you um, his vision, um, anything, Mm -hmm. which is part of the premise of the coaches show, um, where you have a you can ask him stuff and you'll get a real answer. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think I've really encountered anything quite like that through the oh. years. Some guys have been down, but this is mm-hmm. this is a, a really refreshing and th- the fact that he's getting results it makes it even more I- incredible as a as a as a as a back and forth.
1: I'll give you a little preview into that on this episode. So I asked Steve the soccer questions that I asked him were about set pieces. LAFC oh. leads the league in set piece goals nine and 10 games, and I asked. Steve, I go, what, you know, it's not something we're used to in the last two years as LAFC fans being so good on set pieces, especially scoring them. And I said, what's changed? And he was totally open on it. He goes, Mark Dos Santos. Mark does it all. I don't, he's like, maybe it's so good because I don't have uh, any say really in how we, he's like, "I, I, I, I want us to train it one to two times a week, which is more than most teams do. He's like, but more than anything, Mark Dos Santos schemes it. He puts it together. It's all Mark. And that's refreshing because a lot of times you don't get, Like, even if head coaches will give some credit to the assistants, they're usually not going to – like, he pushed it completely off. He's like, I'm out of it completely. Don't even ask me. And I was like, that's – to me, that's fun. And that's – again, that's a testament to Steve. That's what he's like. That's the vibe now. LAFC, it's very – it's always been very collaborative. But even more so, it just really feels that
0: way. So check out In Touch with Steve Triundolo and the Collaborative Affair, and you feel it when you're there. And you have all these guys that are – involved in that process with john thornton steve Trondolo, marco garces uh will coons uh, mark dos santos ante razov and it goes on yep and they all have a saying you really feel it you feel like these lines are blurred a bit between the top and i I think that's the way they want to do it they want everyone's input and everyone gives input and they have it's it seems like a small thing, and maybe it's the history of sports. People have done it, but I don't think that's the case, and it's working brilliantly for this mm-hmm. club.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, uh, a good example of that is the goalkeeper coach. Oka Nikolic is oh. actually listed as an assistant coach. There's a lot of places that just say, no, you're a goalkeeper coach, but Oka has his – he has saying how they, how they put together defense, how they build out the back. Like, again, it's very collaborative, and I, I want to speak for us. Like, we—I mean, look, Max and I don't have anything to do with the actual sporting side of it. But those guys do come to us and say, hey, you guys are part of this. What you guys do is important to us. And I don't know if you've had that very many places. I'm obviously a little fresher to this game, but that's, I've always felt like it is important and we like to pump ourselves up and say that it's important, but to actually have the guys that are really doing the work, come up to you and say, no, 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 we appreciate what you do. And it's not just them. It's guys like Ilya Sanchez that say it too. It means, it means something. It makes you feel a little bit like you actually are are making a difference.
0: You meant Oka Nikolov. You said Oka Nikolic. What were you thinking? You were thinking of a different player, probably.
1: I was. Why did I have Nikolic <laughs> in my
0: head? Welcome to my world. <laughs> I
1: know. Yeah, how many names do you think you and I have to keep in our oh, head at any given oh, time? And just to openly that's small. reference it. Max I have I, so many
0: examples of that.
1: Yeah, Max and I did not come into the show thinking we were going to talk about goalkeeper coaches.
0: Okay, yeah, is we great, should, though. I do look, love he Oka. Is.
1: Very good guy.
0: And he the, uh, had some good uh, tie-ins to a lot of players before they came in here. And that all... <laughs> plays into it so it's it's fantastic uh let's talk about some of the game we're gonna talk a little philadelphia i mean because it's kind yeah. of in a rearview mirror but it was uh just taken back there that was a huge event it was uh it was a thrill to be part of it as we as we talked a lot about before it folks uh on the east coast upset because it kicked off at 11 o'clock eastern time which tells you that this is a game that a lot of people were interested in Mm -hmm. and people were watching it. So it was great for me because we had on the local broadcast. Our local broadcast, because it was a home game, goes on the ESPN Plus platform, which is where the national audience can find it. So there was a lot of ballyhoo about Mm -hmm. a game like this, which you don't really hear that often outside of these big rivalry games. Because this is, again, very organic. Best in the West, best in the East, which in any sport carries uh, clout. Mm -hmm. and that's what we had And Philadelphia. Although the East is pretty tightly packed have kind of been at the top from the beginning and have lost one game. So you could see that on the night. I mean, it's always an event at bank of California stadium, but these two teams arrived feeling like this was, we are the best the league has to offer and we are going to do battle. Mm -hmm. It popped off. It was intense, physical, and it was good to the last drop. Mm -hmm. So you know, some people like throw around and it's impossible to say, hey, this is going to be an MLS Cup rematch because the playoffs are a different. Playoffs now. Are a crap but it could be. And if it is, I don't think anyone's going to complain nationally. This would be a game that carries a lot of weight. Philadelphia has been good for a good time. They do it the right way. They have good players everywhere. And from Ernst Tanner to Jim Curtin, this is, you know, they lost some some people to FC Cincinnati and, and that club's gotten better. So mm-hmm. it's all trickled down from this club. We need a a ruling class, so to speak, and we kind of have an idea of Seattle. I'd like to put LAFC down there, but they didn't make the playoffs, so we kind of have to take a step back for now, although they've uh, alleviated that. New York City FC is pushing up there, and I'd like to put Philadelphia and Toronto, these clubs. We need that because that is what – in a a sport that's very localized, that's something that will get people excited about nationally.
1: Yeah, an MLS Cup where two teams are actually very – codified in who they are we haven't really had one of those long time because look and you and i both agree seattle's one of the top mls teams of of all time probably one of the best expansion teams of all time especially after their their ccl victory but they're very much like they'll go with the flow that's the way they play that's how they've been so successful obviously the last mls cup nycfc was a team that knew exactly the way they want to play but portland is like no no, no we're just going to break you down it's anti-football even at home which is kind of a bummer But I think if you were to get an MLS Cup final with LAFC and Philly, and we saw it in this game, two teams that said, we're not going to give an inch in the style that we play. We're going to play exactly the way we play. We know who we are. We know what our strengths are. We also know what our weaknesses are and where you can exploit us. We'll deal with that a little bit tactically, but we're going to go right at it. And we talked a little bit about this with Dave. It's just like, I watched that game. And I think anyone from the neutral to the high level tactical nerd can watch that game and go, that lived up to the hype because it looked and felt like a European night of two teams, just saying, this is the best we've got. Let's go for it. And
0: playing at that hour, I would look LAFC fans. We've talked to them all the time. They go, why are we playing this game at 1230? Why are we playing this game on a Friday? And I go, look, this is to for the national uh, media, those 1230 games. is because that's the window for today and Univision to show MLS. Cause afterwards it's all league MX. So that's it. Mm-hmm. and we we've we've got to gravitate towards that because that's a big uh that's a, a big partner and it's lafc uh on that network which they love you know they love mm-hmm. to get lfc as often as possible and then you have the fs1 windows which they fall into it you have to go this one was like a west coast window so the fans lo- lo- who come to the games are benefiting from that because it's not being altered by any means so just yeah. for the fans who are listening when you see these weird hours and that's because It caters to a national broadcast, which we need. Mm -hmm. But when it's this, there's a lot of Sunday games. This was a Saturday night game, which is, you know, that is the that is the chef's kiss of your
1: gold for LAZ fans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the bank always brings it, whether no matter what the time window. However, an eight o'clock kickoff on a Saturday is just a little bit more special. It just takes it over the top, just a little bit more. So yes, that was. I think again, I think it lived up to everything. And, and Max and I are not going to apologize for the fact that there are time zones in the United States. Everyone complained to me, like, would, would Manchester United play Manchester City at 11 p.m. local time? <laughs> no. But how many time zones are there in the United Kingdom? One. Yeah. What do you want me to do about that?
0: I think they should kick the tires on that. Just Manchester Derby at 11? 11 o'clock at well, night, when, Eastern when, time.
1: When, when. When the Madrid derby goes on, the, because Spain is used to doing things pretty late, is it? Doesn't it normally kick off at nine PM?
0: Yeah, they got to have their dinner, their siesta, and then yeah. football. <laughs> yeah, come on,
1: be a little more bohemian. It. It's, come on, the
0: cultural elements of this sport make me just ecstatic. I love it. I love how <laughs> it's different. I love how you watch a German game mm-hmm. that if it says seven AM, it's kicking off at seven zero 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 zero. Yep. And then the way everyone plays, it's, it's, it's one of the real draws to me. I mean, even
1: you go down to South, South America, the Boca River games are always in the afternoon. Yeah. That's totally different. We would, we would be like in England, they'd be like, wait, why aren't we doing this at night? But Boca River, they love it in the, bathed in that beautiful Argentine sunshine. Yeah. Like and, that's and, what they, they like it. And you get, that's just cultural.
0: Don't get me started with the English game, how, like, sometimes they'll put a huge game in that that early, early window, which is just rude. Because, look, the West Coast audience has been screwed time and time again. Yep. Time and time. And I even go back to when there's, like, World Series or – and they've changed it a little bit. Or mm-hmm. uh, big games in the NBA Finals. and
1: Yeah, like a 4 know, p.m. tip-off, and we're like, it, I got It's work. like
0: Lakers-Celtics, and it's like tip – yeah, it's like, no, 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 no. It's all built towards the East Coast. College football, everything's built towards the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, granted, there's more fans there. I get it. And when it comes to dollars and so- cents, you want to cater to that East Coast because that's where the big numbers are. But, I mean, w- the West Coast has always kind of been second fiddle. So if it gets a little taste once in a while, so be it.
1: I mean, I'll, more fans for those other sports. But I would say if you're MLS, lean into it. West Coast is where the football fans are. And they're just, I think there's still a lot of the undecided football fans who yeah. need those. You need those. Why
0: not? And look, I, and I've talked to the ESPN guys and I know part of this upcoming media package and as packages in the past is finding a spot where everyone agrees where we could play games all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think Friday has been mentioned, but why not have like a
1: Friday late
0: night game?
1: Yeah. One, I would love one. Viernes de football. They used to do it. I loved it. Like
0: midnight madness. Yep. Midnight madness East coast. And you do that, just kick the tires because if nothing else, there's not going to be a lot of competition uh around you that said the lafc game on saturday had canelo's fight and uh, a big ufc fight but we always say that and go you know, there's so many sport fans it's not like they're going to be one or the other some people watch this and some people will watch watch well, I the definitely
1: other saw plenty of people with their sitting there in their seat with their phone just kind of yeah. right here canelo okay
0: yeah <laughs> yeah side note on canelo He's going to stop playing golf because mm-hmm. right before the fight he says he plays golf four hours a day and I immediately go red flag. Yeah. <laughs> and I said at that point, I should have dropped some money on him losing when I heard that he plays four hours of golf a day. Yeah. So, no, too no, you yeah, It's too profession. much. If you're an athlete, it's something else. If yeah, you want to play golf, great. Golfers yeah. are playing four hours a day.
1: I know. Right. Like I don't, I, if my <laughs> profession, I don't want to do it for four hours a day, but like, that's what you do. That's the thing you got into. You can't just start, uh, you know, going off and having a hobby for four hours a day. Like, where do you find time in the day? Does he have a wife and kids? That's a. Uh-huh. How did he, he do these things?
0: So yeah, he,
1: Maybe we just move on there.
0: Let's move on. I'm, like, to, yeah, I'm just saying, it's like what are, I, don't I want, want my run friends to play golf. Yeah, I don't want to my run friend goes. Canelo. I want to play 36 holes of golf. I go. Your wife's okay with that? Yeah. My wife would throw me out of the house.
1: As we said, Los Angeles is a beautiful sports city, and there's a very good chance that one day maybe you and I could run into Canelo, and we don't want him. To and say, I don't Who? want to get him upset. What would you say about golf? Nothing. Nothing I
0: said you should join the PGA tour. Clearly you put the work in and you're you're
1: fantastic. All apologies.
0: So uh, we could pivot now to the U S open cup, which was a, a magical Tuesday night mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. I will say this, it connects Philadelphia and going back to Minnesota and certainly Portland, Portland played a lot of kids, mm-hmm. um, a very, very defensive lineup, which included Diego Chata as the uh, number 10, right. <laughs> essentially, uh, but LAFC have seen these games where they're playing stylistically teams that are going to
1: mm-hmm.
0: counter uh, in Minnesota and in Portland going to play a very low block um, and challenge you to try and break it down. Yeah. And in all three of those games, LAFC successful at breaking it down.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so I think you look at that and we have that conversation about how do teams play a team like LAFC that's doing that well. there's food for thought now about thinking, Oh, we can do this. This will keep the game close, but it's not getting results. Right. It's not. So there's a team in that gray area. They're going to, the conversations are being had and coaches are starting to really have to grind and say, Mm -hmm. how do I, how do I handle this for a team that we both agree still has a lot to work on falling behind in games, which they did in against the Timbers, Uh, finding better opportunities Mm -hmm. Um, Still eliminates less mistakes, but there's a couple. They're all there that there is capable of this team being where they are really good and being exceptional.
1: Yeah. Steve Trondolo mentioned it after that Philly game. And he said, you know, I thought there was times when we could have made, we made the extra pass. We dribbled maybe a little bit too much. I think what LAFC is running into is teams that are going to say, we don't want you to play through midfield. We're going to clog up the middle. So you're going to have to go down the flanks. And LAFC has fallen into the trap sometimes early especially recently of saying, well, we got down the flank so easily. Let's send that cross in, let's send an early cross in. And I think what Steve wants them to do is find ways to combine, to get from outside to inside. So that's the one thing that's missing. But to your point, the thing that's working is set pieces. They are finding ways to win in ways that we would not have imagined that were an LAFC style of winning games. And if you, if you're a team that says, okay, we're going to sit back, we're going to clog up passing lanes. We're going to block shots. And as a result, we're probably going to give up, you know, some fouls, some set piece fouls, and in, in bad spots. But we're also going to give up a lot of corners, and we're okay with that. I don't think you should be okay with that anymore. <laughs> I definitely don't. Like you're going to have to, you're going to have to find a way. And you and, cannot
0: yeah. give up set pieces against this team.
1: No, and especially how many? 11, do we have eleven corner kicks against Philly?
0: And then you, they got it on the last goal. They got the goal on the last yeah, corner. You
1: you give Carlos Vela and Count Costa eleven chances to send in a free ball to the heads of Mamadou Fall. Sebastian Ibiaga, Ryan Hollingshead at times can it will be in the game. Franco Escobar, his counterpart, is the one that actually gets that goal. Like we're gonna get goals one way or the other. So it, it's it's a pick or poison. Carlos we'll Vela in the middle of the field, but hey, if we're gonna give up more set pieces, we're also gonna have to deal with multiple, just wave after wave of set pieces.
0: Two goals against the Timbers. Both of them started off a corner kick. Mm-hmm. Both goals. And remember, Carlos Vela and Kellen Acosta did not start, they came in late. Right.
1: Here, I don't know Siku. if they Sifu Sifu t- did those. he take? Them,
0: did he hit both of those corners
1: yep. both sides Sifu
0: yep and <laughs> you know Chicho's floating around ready to take set pieces so this is this is terrifying if your opponents because there is a system on these on these I mean I, I know it's set pieces and they're mm-hmm. gonna get some f- set piece goals but corner kicks specifically are a harrowing situation Mamadou Fall is always his first recipient and once he can get his teeth in. Then you can go to plan B. Uh, Ibiaga and Arango are flying in to address some of these crosses. More goals could have come of it. Teams are, are – it's not just the goals. It's the close calls.
1: When Mamadou uh, showed uh, against Portland, he can do it in different ways, right? We always talk about Air Senegal. Mamadou can jump out of the building, head, head a bullet header. But the first goal is him being composed in the second phase and realizing, okay, it's not on. Let's pull it out for a second here. And then he finds that window, by the way, the his left foot, the way, the way he set up those three defenders, because they're like, we got you. And he goes, Nope, let me just play it in this little area. Perfect. Perfectly weighted pass to Mahala. Uh, Obviously Chicho with a, a glorious finish. Only someone like Chicho could finish it that way. And then the other one is a little scramble and Mamadou finishes with, you know, finishes again. So he can do it all these different ways. And yeah, to your point, it's like, they're specifically coming from corners but not always headers and not always the first phase. Like it's just do not give them the do not give LAC the chance to get the bigs forward and to compress you into that small area. I will say the one thing that Portland did do well early in the game was their biggest chance came off a corner, uh, you know, clearing a corner out and they went two v one, but Steve Trundle right after that was up out of his seat and rearranged the way the rest defense was. And then from there, whenever Portland tried to break out of a corner, didn't, didn't have it. They had, they had three guys back.
0: Let's talk about Mamadou Fall, and uh, we, we've been singing his praises. And Now, he still has to refine his defending. Yep. We know that, and that's something that you grow into. You're not, you're not born a good defender. You've got to really develop that uh, in these formative years, which is where he's in right now. Mm-hmm. And I know I said he could play some right back, but he's really a center back. I'm going to say that. But where he got an advanced role here, you know he looked like and reminded me with the passing?
1: Mm-hmm. Paul Pogba. Yeah. There he's was those, these balls. He's got those long legs and he's got that kind of smooth complete, style about him.
0: Complete control of his body, too, yep. where he, he could do so much with his entire frame. Mm-hmm. And the ball that he put through for Mahala on the first goal, obviously the positioning on the second goal. He's it's a matter, it's we know that clubs are are gonna be tracking him. And I would imagine we go to the performance center, we're gonna see club people from big clubs there taking a close look if that hasn't happened already. It is a, this is an opportunity where you have a generational-type talent. Now, again, the, the defending has to be refined, although he has made improvements there already.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But we always say, what is he going to do? And when I say he – I think I sent a tweet. He goes, he's going to – we talked on three, LAFC 360 on 110 football. Check it out. He's going to have a show-stopping moment. But he has a moment every game or two moments every game.
1: I would say to the to the to the trained eye that pass that he plays in Mahala. Not many center backs in the entire world can play that pass. It was like him arranging chess pieces because, like you said, and and I like your I like your comp the Pugba comp because yeah he had the ball three defenders in front of him, not rushed at all, not worried, just shaping his body in a way that kind of moved those defenders to open up that lane. And then perfectly weighted ball. That's a very, you're right. That's a very Paul Pugba-esque. He play. was
0: so far up, but there's moments too where he's in the back of the midfield. And he's like, all right. And he goes, boop. And he hits his 30-yard yep. ball and catches.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: One time it was Franco Escobar late or another player just on the, on the money. Yep. So he's yeah, got a lot is. in the toolbox.
1: He does. He has all the, you know, the best comp for him. And it's slightly different, but I think it's it's Alfonso Davies. Because you you see, I, I think- What is the clubs, MLS connection too, which is the important. MLS connection- Different position, but I think big clubs are going to see him and say, "Okay, needs a little work, kind of raw." However, we see all the tools in place for him to be a top, top level defender. Because, like you said, it's going to take time for him to get some some angles, some pictures in head. Learn that maybe sometimes you can't be that uh, nonchalant on the ball. I would say, but when they see that, sometimes when he loses the ball, he has the recovery speed to make it up, and just win it right back. Uh, obviously, he's incredible uh, ability to aerially. Um, and then now we're seeing him play balls with his feet and it's all the tools are there. They're, they're going to look at him and just go, man, if we could just get him in, get him into this setup, get him with some extra training, really, really dial down with him. And man, he's a gamer. Like he wants this, you know, some guys you, you see, and they're like, yeah, no, I want to go to Europe. You You can tell he's not phased by anything. There's, a,
0: there's a, an opportunity also, because we see it a lot where a club goes, we like him, we're going we're gonna to buy him. We love what you're doing with him development-wise. Mm-hmm. Maybe he stays here. And then he's an LAFC player for another six months, maybe a year and a half, mm-hmm. where the club's like, all right, and you keep track, because anyone has to be blown away how LAFC has turned this
1: mm-hmm.
0: piece of coal <laughs> into a diamond. Yeah. And I'm saying a piece of coal, but nobody knew. Nobody, nobody knew. knew.
1: All, only people that knew. And he told us when we saw him at Party Beer Co., Steve Terrandolo, when we asked, we said, remember, we were asking about Mohammed Treori. He said, Mohammed Treori is a very good player. He's very yeah, he goes, but wait
0: till you see Mamadou fall. Wait
1: till you see Mamadou fall. And within. And we had no months, idea who he
0: was. We're like, no.
1: Huh? We knew he was around. We knew that he, he was with the lights, but we did not know much about him. And then a couple months, just popping off the screen.
0: I mean, but again, it's like we were excited, but it's like you don't even have to hear it from us anymore. It, it's he's going to do something on Saturday. He just does every something incredible every game, but there's going to be one moment that he's going to be like, take your breath away. I am yep. convinced of it.
1: Yeah, he's head and shoulders like I, I. Can you think of another player? And it's not all about this. However, when you see the raw tools athletically, can you think of a player as athletic as Mamadou Fall in this league?
0: Fast. There's yeah. a but the athleticism is, in another, is a different level. It's a different level. Effortlessly, effortlessly jumps yeah. three feet, four feet. in the
1: air. And, and it's not just about that, obviously. And I know a lot, of, we get a little uh, complex here in the United States where it's like, oh, you just want fast players. And no, no, no. However, if they happen to be fast and tall, I can jump very high. It helps. It definitely helps. Mamadou has the, the requisite tools as soccer ability. I think his soccer brain is getting there. However, if you then can put on top of it, the head and shoulders better than the rest of the league in terms of recovery speed. Jumping ability, all the other stuff, strength. Why wouldn't you want that player?
0: Unbelievable. So let's let's let, obviously a, a good effort by a lot of players uh, on this game, and I, I love the fact that Carlos Vela, Kellen Acosta, and these guys came in late to to get some minutes because they all, everyone wants to be part of everything, right? Yeah. Everyone wants to. And Franco Escobar getting more minutes. Chiki Palacios has become an Iron Man in this league, although he did come out late.
1: Incredibly consistent, though. Man, Incredibly putting consistent. In, putting in performance after performance. Combining with day. different
0: players all the time in front of him.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a lot to love, I think. You know, when we talk about Open Cup in midweek, it's like you have this checklist, right? Because you do want to win, and LFC wants to win this competition. They've made that known with the lineups that they're putting out, with how much they always want to host games. Uh, but you also have to be Somewhat cognizant of everything that's going on, and so I think Steve probably goes like, if in a perfect world, I have a checklist of how this game is going to go, and I think the Orange County game went to a T, how he would have wanted it, except for maybe that last goal, because uh, I'm sure he would have wanted a clean sheet for John McCarthy. This game puts out a slightly different lineup. He brings in Maxime Grapo, a couple guys that hadn't started. Elias Sanchez got his first bit of action, and I think he would have been saying, okay, I know Portland, I know the way they play. We're going to need the first goal. And then we're going to need the second goal. That's going to make it kind of put us a little bit, a little bit of breathing room. We know they're going to give a last minute push, but it can't be one nil at that moment. It's gotta be two. So they get the first goal. They get the second goal within the first 15 minutes of the second half. And then, like you said, he's able to bring in Carlos Vela for a couple of minutes. He's able to bring in Kellen Acosta for a couple of minutes. I mean, he's just the checklist. He's just na- everything just ticking off the boxes there. And I, I think that's, it was a per- again, a perfect night, I think in terms of midweek games and it, it goes a lot to the prior planning that John Thorington and all of them had to, to bring the depth, uh, but Steve's in-game management uh, and just the way he's dealing with these personalities, I, uh, I don't know if you, if you had any thoughts on it, but I thought it was great to see uh, Ilya Sanchez wearing the captain's armband. Um, although I think Ilya is a type of player where like, you don't need to give him the captain's armband, right? He's captain regardless. But it's a nice little tip of the cap to Ilya saying, wear the captain's armband as in your first U.S. Open Cup game with, with LAFC. I think it's nice. It's a nice little gesture.
0: First win in seven games against the Timbers who had a, you know, those three, those three, two, one wins a season ago, which were a very bitter pill to swallow
1: the scarf. uh, JR came on our watch along real quick and said it had been over 600 days since LAFC had beaten. That would have
0: been a good staff for the broadcast. I got to check with scarf before I go on there. Scarf,
1: I mean, he is a math teacher. He's got plenty of stats for you.
0: Good, good. I got to use the resources. And uh, you know, Portland came in saying, okay, we're going to have these guys on the bench. Let's keep it tight. It wasn't, And even though it was just the two goals, you felt like this was never Mm -hmm. in doubt. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
0: And it got a little hairy for some, you know, some plays that got, they got stretched there. And Max, Max Crapo coming off his line. We're
1: just having fun. You um, know, there's, there's going to
0: be a big, there's having fun. There's a space between that back line when it's pushing up that. And that's what Portland wants to do. Uh, But it was, uh, I think it was, it was an undressing in many ways where Portland's going to be like, we have, we're not in that stratosphere right now. We have a long way to go to, Mm -hmm. To not only beat that team, but to compete with them. And I think a lot of other clubs are kind of in the same boat. I think Minnesota is probably saying a similar thing after the game with that. And this is a testament for what LAFC has done. So it's a good win and a, uh, a very cathartic win for a lot of reasons. The fans love it. They don't like Portland. This is a legit rivalry, which we'll talk a little bit more about. In the, uh, in the Dave Denholm segment. Dave's
1: got a lot of takes on Portland, and I love so, it.
0: <laughs> it's really, it really is it's legit. And by the way, I want to give credit to Jimmy Lopez and Richard Roscoe and Pan Avila. They sent an email internally going, here's the people coming out. And it's the same, these A-listers, like we always complained, we, we, we were always concerned when these VIPs and influencers and uh, recognizable people come to Bank of California Stadium. They come once, and they're like, oh, it was great, and you never see them again. Well-
1: yep. The risk you take.
0: The, the folks that are coming out Owen Wilson, the system of a down guys, you know, Dave Phoenix has been there all the time. Uh, Paul Rodriguez, be be real, they're all here for every game. And I, I was waiting, I go, okay, they're coming to the league games on the weekend, but are they going to come to the Open Cup on a Tuesday? And yes.
1: They were,
0: they were yes. There. Jaime Camille in the Capo stand. Yep. Real fans, mm-hmm. returning customers.
1: Yeah. Look, I, I don't know if, people are listening to us or watching this it's uh you know you watch winning time on hbo that the building of that lakers dynasty they don't go too much into the celebrity part but they show just that like kind of a little bit about it but there's iconic celebrities that were always at lakers game obviously jack nicholson first and foremost of all those and i actually said in the press lou box, adler you know, don't forget lou adler. lou adler and jack nicholson i said to uh somebody in the press box i said "Is own wilson our jack nicholson they go well, I don't know. I go a ways to go, but but it's pretty good. But yes, to your point, you I was Emily
0: Olson, I would love to have that. Yeah, uh... you
1: well, because Jack gets to go there, and that's the thing. It's like Owen goes there, he gets to have a good time. We don't really bother him. Yes, he goes on the big screen yeah, He gets to put his guard down. Yeah. But but he we say to him, You love you just love being here, you love the atmosphere. We're not gonna force you to work. And that's I think the same way Jack Nicholson feels at Lakers games. He's like, No, I, I'm a genuine fan, I just want to show up and have a good time. Yeah, I'll do I'll wave and and people, there's an aura around me that I'm here but just let me, like you said, put my guard down, enjoy, enjoy myself. And I think that those guys have found that. And to, the bigger point though, is they're, they're fully invested and they're They're bought in. They're actually having a good time. They're jumping up and down for the chance be reals playing the drums. You know, they, they're, they're Jaime Camille in the capo stand. Look, I I've spent just a little bit of time with away fans jumping up and down and singing the songs. It's not easy. So I can only imagine what it's like to be dropped in that capo stand. You know what that's like. It's uh it's a workout.
0: It's something, and you smell like smoke, which is good. Yeah. You come home, and, and your wife says, are, "You smoke some cigarettes?" I, go, I got a perfectly good explanation for this. A yeah. couple of heaters. Yeah. What about the booze? I got a perfectly good explanation for that too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, you smell like smoke and <laughs> booze, and you're like, Would you believe me if I told you it wasn't me?
0: It wasn't. I there's. Bear with me. So, uh, a, a really good win for LAFC. They've had two home games in the US Open Cup, which is. It's, it's a nice feature. It's, it's, you don't know what's going to happen. They, they, they draw that out of a a hopper and LAFC got a home game. They could probably get another home game. Uh, I, I would sense the law of averages wouldn't allow that, but that's a big benefit because, you know, Portland had to come from New York straight to LA for this game. That's the way it is. So LAFC now have had some good fortune. They'll head to the round of 16, which will be either May 24th, May 25th, Tuesday or Wednesday. I would, I looked at the schedule and, LAFC play Saturday and Saturday, which Tuesday makes sense. But some of the potential opponents, I would think it might be on a Wednesday. I think so. We'll see. We'll know the draw is Thursday night,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, there's we're recording this Wednesday. There's games Wednesday night, so we'll, we'll determine there's Seattle with the pods. Seattle plays San Jose. That could be an opponent. The Galaxy versus California United was it? Yes, uh, that could be an opponent.
1: Yeah, and uh, little tip I, of the cap there. I would point out your to your point about uh, looking at the schedule if they do play midweek the 24th or 25th um, and they are thinking about that game, the following game on the weekend after that though, two week break. So you can really set yourself up. Nice. Put yourself into the quarterfinals. I think uh, Connor said that on our LFC 360 show, put everything you've got into open cup five, six games for, for a trophy gets you into CCL. And I think the way it's three wins, you're in a final. Yeah. I think the way it's setting up, put everything into it knowing that, yes, you got another game on the back end of that weekend, but then two weeks off. And LAFC has the depth to pull it off. And uh, I think it's a very, it's it's glaringly apparent how important this is to both the club and the fan base.
0: Could we get like three CONCACAF Champions League bids if we win the Supporter Shield and the Open Cup?
1: Right. <laughs> could we play calls-
0: ourselves in the...
1: JT calls him up and goes, look, <laughs> I built a team that I could have two teams. Maybe we have LFC A&B.
0: We get A&B. And maybe if we if we win MLS Cup and we'll LAFC A B and C will have a media team there, which will just get run over by uh, America or Monterey.
1: If LAFC wins basically, as you said, some of the bids, like two or three of the bids that normally would go to CCL instead of just giving it to the next team, let's let LAFC pick the team. Or let's let them bid for our bid. <laughs> Yeah. Well, no, that, Who, so, so,
0: who's we go, got some gam,
1: John Thornton. <laughs> you got a week to decide, but in, in that meantime, it's all about the discussions that you're having with the GMs of rival teams. And John's like, my phone is my, I... the line is open. Call me guys. ring ring. Yeah. Should we, before we, we bring in Dave, do you want to uh, address the uh, proverbial elephant in the room for LA? Oh, the, uh, the athletic report. Yeah.
0: Giorgio Chiellini, I guess we have to. It's, it's, it's very reputable. Everyone's reporting it. And they're not saying it's a rumor. They're saying there was an offer.
1: People are so. people are very much want to talk about it. And I think Vince, a show- Vince and
0: I are very meticulous. And I work for the club. And Vince is attached to the club. We we don't stir it around. We, we let things work their way out. And then we, we talk about it when it's official. Uh, yeah. This one's interesting. But you know I've heard a lot of people how... Yeah. Initially I'll go, it doesn't make a lot of sense because he's 37. He, uh, this it, it's, it's a short term. He's going to want a lot of money. However, they're not going to offer DP. Mm-hmm. The money that was reported is pretty for a guy like that is beyond fair.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It fits. And it's not a guy that you're going to throw in the deep end and demand a lot of minutes, this is a, a platoon guy where you can play in certain spots who can cover if, if there's injuries, which there are now, if there is uh, an opportunity or an, an international situation where some of these guys uh, are going to be gone for some stretch as a stopgap, which is certainly below what Giorgio Chiellini is, but is also uh, at his age. Uh, and it, it would seem like an intriguing uh, opportunity. We've talked about the players and how mm-hmm. they love coming here. And this is a destination. I, I would imagine for Chiellini, once he gets the ear of it or he did a tour, he'd be like, mm, mm-hmm. I'm down.
1: Yeah. Max and I, we never try to deceive you guys. So believe us when we tell you this. And what Max said is we actually don't pry too much into a exactly in, I'm on. not interested. I really yeah. am not. It's just it's it's a game, it's a losing proposition, especially when you're within a club. So for us, it's better to keep our relationships clean. And yes, do we know some things that you guys don't know? Usually less than 24 hours before it happens, though. So this is very much not- by,
0: by choice. We yes. could, group, could get this information, but I just
1: doesn't is, benefit us. This is very much not a thing that is anywhere close. It is it is as reported uh, that there's there's ongoing talks. And I, I I believe Stan Sechkel and Paul Tenorio always have pretty good information. But I, I agree with you, Max. My hot take on Giorgio Collini was I was initially against it because this rumor has been floating around. This is not new to all of us. I think some people are finally getting word of it because it, it seems like it's becoming a little bit more of a, a real thing, but it's been floating around. And initially some people asked me about it because I am an Italian a Zuri fan as well as a Juventus fan. And so Giorgio Chiellini is very close, near and dear to my heart, especially the way he plays, his passion for the game. Uh, and, and by all accounts, He's a grizzled, he's that classic grizzled Italian defender, but the nicest man off the field.
0: Yeah, he's a he, he you see him with it, it, it at the uh where was he where he was laughing? Was it the Euro Euro Cup final and yes. the, before yeah. the penalties, the court, hugging the everybody? Toss, yeah.
1: Jordi Alba's like, don't touch me. He's like, ah, oh, come on,
0: this is great. <laughs> that was the same. He's a like, get your hands on, but he, that's who he is. He's yeah. just this teddy bear, although not really. Maybe it's it's part of cover because he is a killer as well. And that's why mm-hmm. he's been so successful.
1: Right. Yeah, it's part of it. So my take on it was initially I said, and people reached out to me, I said, you know, I don't think it makes a lot of sense. There's so many center backs for LAFC and maybe there's other positions that they could fortify. And this was before the season, right? Now, 10 days in more data points. I've totally changed my team. I think Giorgio Chiellini is perfect only for a team like LAFC. I know the other team rumored is Vancouver, just not going to work for Vancouver because if you got a count on a guy like Giorgio Chiellini, by the way, Vancouver plays on turf. Uh, day in and day out it's not going to work only a team that has the luxury of being as good as lafc is right now and with the depth of lafc could really absorb this and as you said not a dp contract already a good start what he's going to possibly make is much less than what he would have made in italy but he's still very good and a lot of people are saying well he's old he we need a faster center back hey guess what speed has never been a part of giorgio Keelini's game he reads games he's he's a master of what they would call the Italian dark arts of defending. He's an elite defender of a kind of an old school generation that you don't see much anymore. So if you can bring him into LAFC and if, when he would show up would be, let's say July, there's what about 18 games left in July. If he plays in nine of those 18 games starts, let's say four, um, and then is ready and firing for the MLS cup playoffs. Can you imagine Giorgio Chiellini coming off the bench with 30 minutes to go one nil up, in an MLS cup final, like just the sheer, I can't even imagine. Like, it's not even, it's, it's not even a luxury. It's just beyond comparison. So I think I've, I've come around on it. Also there's the, the other effects of it, right? His ability to coach up a mama Dufall, uh and not just mom. And
0: remember mama Fall his, his is as idle now as Paolo Maldini. So he's watching the Italian greats. His mm-hmm. defenders, and I think Chiellini is a guy you could put in that category.
1: Yeah, everyone from that group, just Chiellini being that group. And again, back to his personality. From all, from all, everything we've heard. One, Giorgio speaks English, so he's already going to go right into the dressing room and be able to communicate with a lot of guys. He's the type of guy, as we saw in the Juventus All or Nothing, talking with Weston McKinney. He tries to relate to younger. Who players. Who visited
0: Bank of California Stadium this season? Who visited Bank of
1: California to. Stadium? And he tries to relate to younger players. He can also play in a back three. Uh, some of his best years are in a back three, played, but played in a back four in the Euros. Like, There's a lot to like about this. If the numbers work, and I would say that John Thornton has never done anything that has put LAC over a barrel in terms of contract, uh, why not?
0: That, that to me is why this makes sense because LAC has never done anything like this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Why would they do it? John Thornton knows something, that it would work, and this is the guy... He's seen the veteran element here benefit this club, and we've always talked. to People, why don't they sign Antoine Griezmann? I go, They're not going to sign Antoine Griezmann. What well, are they going to sign? This guy? They're not going to sign Cristiano Ronaldo. No, but this one, when it came out, I go, this is not like LAFC unless it's in their terms, and it mm-hmm. is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's what gives, you know, gives me pause about the whole thing and starts stirring things internally that it could be a really cool move and the marketability factor, mm-hmm. and more than anything. The fact that Alessandro Del Piero will probably come and see his fellow Juventus player to the stadium and hang out with you, Vince. That's probably top of the list. And, we, I, get, and I get to go eat at his restaurant and not pay for the bill.
1: If That's what I'm a, thinking. If there's a podcast in our future with me, you, Giorgio Chiellini, and Alessandro Del Piero, I'll, I'll retire. I'll be done. Where, where am I going to go from there? Where, really, where am I going to go from there? But you, you've said it. You nailed it. John Thornton has never done anything that he hasn't already told you he would do. They have been adamant that they would not bring in older players just to bring in superstar players. With the caveat, if it was the right opportunity and it fit the club and what they needed, they would strike quickly and do what they have to do. So this kind of fits in that vein. And I think even beyond that, you say Giorgio Chiellini has numerous connections to Europe. And if he comes in and he trains with Mamadou Fall and then calls back to Italy and goes, hey, Juventus, this guy is the real deal. Do not miss this opportunity or whoever. Giorgio, I think they're going to take Giorgio's word for it. And also he just seems like the type of guy different than some of those other guys that have come late in their careers. Giorgio strikes me as very much like Del Piero. I wouldn't be surprised if he if he did come to MLS wherever he goes and then lives in the United States for the next 10 years. I think he just wants a new challenge. He's lived in Italy his entire life. He does speak English. I think he just wants something different, And but he wants it on his terms and because he wants that experience, not because he just wants to say uh, one last, one last payday.
0: Brilliant. We're going to have one of our like 2019, one and a half hour pods. So I probably should Dave's waiting. So we should probably get to him here at some point, but good stuff. This is the, the inside LAC max events podcast, Colorado, LAFC Saturday as LAC looks to continue to go in that. But right now the radio voice of LAFC the man who has a lot of interesting things to say about the Portland Timbers, Dave Denholm joins us next. We're back here on inside LAFC, the Max and Vince podcast. We're going a step above getting players these days, and we're going to one of the most popular men in the LAFC universe. Who's in very good spirits these days, Dave Denholm. I can't believe we're with the three of us. Cause I, I, I lean back to the last two years, which were, it was hard to cover this team. And we, we we found ways to do it, and no one did a better job than Dave recreating an LAFC Galaxy game by himself during COVID. And people still talk about that, Dave. So, Thank you. but but now it's the good stuff. How about?
2: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how how enjoyable is it? Has it been these last few ga- Last few games? Yeah, it's been great. You know, certainly it's a great start to the season. It's always fun to be at the bank with fans. You know, back in full force. Certainly as around the rest of the league as well. And it just it's just such an uplifting place to be when you're even when you're calling a game or certainly if you're playing I would imagine the same thing the players always talk about the fans but also for the fans themselves you know it's just it's a great atmosphere it's I've covered every LA team literally been associated with them in some form of the broadcast of every Los Angeles professional team and USC and UCLA there's nothing like it I mean I'm not saying that the you know the, the Dodgers and Lakers of course are immensely popular and always will be and that's, you know, fantastic. It's great to go to Dodger Stadium, but nothing like going to the bank and watching LAFC.
0: And, and just a little follow-up uh, before Vince jumps in here. And I want to tell you why Dave is so great. Because even when things weren't going well, and now things are going well, he presents it in a way where the fans are captivated, where fans are going to tune in. Because it is, you know, broadcast suicide. If you come on here and, and you're like, oh, well, why are you going to watch this? This is, this is terrible football you always find a way to accentuate the positive. Dave does that and you've got to make a, a great broadcast and it's, we're very lucky to have him in our, our LAFC family.
2: Well, thank you. I mean, to be fair, for the most part, it's been, it's an easy podcast <laughs> for the most part, right? I mean, we've had it right. bumps along the way occasionally, but, They've given us plenty to work with. Well, last you know, these first five seasons or four plus seasons.
0: I also learned that from Seth, who used to work for the Seth Burton of our our public relations, who worked for the Clippers. And goes, look, man, there's going to be times, and we've had very few of those, but there are going to be times where you're going to have to talk about this team. And yeah, uh, things are going great.
2: My job, I spent years, even when I was doing sports talk radio. One of my jobs was I was the Clippers pre and post game host with Seth at the Clippers. That's how we met with Seth Burton. Try doing a post game Clipper talk when they're seventeen and fifty five late in the year, you know, like it just still did it and just still did not it. Not fun, not fun. That's when you really earn your keep as a broadcaster. <laughs> let me tell you. So this is this is gravy here. The way LAFC plays, it's uh, too much fun.
1: Look, I've told you guys both this. I'll, I'll go around the stadium and people run into me, and it 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 doesn't surprise me anymore. But it used to be, or it's still, still to this day, people will always say, "I'm always thinking they're they're going to ask me like, what's Carlos Felo like." What's Chicho like? And they're like, what's it like to work with Brettos and Denholm? Are they as, Are they like the same people that they are, uh, you know, behind the mic? And I was like, yeah. Like Dave's hashtag, I love football. Like Dave loves football. Dave will call me up and go, hey, man, I don't know if you've watched any of the, like the Venezuelan league, but there's a left back out there that's, oh, he's incredible. And I just wish maybe, I don't know. I'm just saying, and I'm like, Dave, that's just that it's, it's you. And I, I love that about it. both of you guys. Like you just love the sport. Max, I always I always comment. I go, how how do you watch all these games? He goes, I'd watch as many games as I can. And then copious amounts of highlights, all extended, as many extended highlights as I can. So I will say both of you. Yes, you are very much the people that you appear to be as you are on camera and behind the microphone. And I don't know if that's good or bad, Dave. Yeah, I know. But it's a great time to be a football fan. Right. With all the streaming and everything, everybody
2: talks about, oh, it's so it's all at your fingertips. yeah, you got. I got watching Syria ah uh, down in Brazil. You know, you don't really see, even though everybody talks about how great the Brazilian league is. It is, by the way, uh, very underrated. But you don't. Most people don't see it, and mm-hmm. now we can. So you know, it's even you know things like that. It just certainly everybody's going to watch the Premier League or whatever, which you know is not even that high on my list. But I'd rather watch Syria ah uh, Syria ah uh, you know, and just uh, the Bundesliga. Certainly the Premier League. All of it, in just. But you can catch a lot of things on the internet now, which is great to watch, you know, world football. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and just to promote that, uh, Paramount does a really nice job with their extended highlights. And you obviously get Champions League and, and Italian Serie A, but you get the Brasileiro Serie A, you get yeah. the Argentine First Division. Long highlights. If you go to YouTube, they have them all posted up there. It's really, yeah. it's a Especially great you're resource. an
2: MLS fan with Argentina, right? Yes. We're really yes. tapping into Argentina as a, as a league, and it's become it's it's been really beneficial for MLS over mm-hmm. the years. Maybe a little less so Brazil, certainly, and, and much less so the Syria, A, obviously, with mm-hmm. you know maybe a few exceptions. Who knows? We'll just uh, gonna pay for those guys. Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> but yeah, so it's great to keep an eye on those leagues because you know that's where the next level of MLS talent
1: is coming from too. Don't worry, Max, I'll clip that. I'll send that to Paramount for you. Listen, uh, I don't want to
0: give it. I just said, I'll give credit where credit's due. They, they did fair, a nice job.
1: Fair. Let's, let's talk LAFC fans are screaming at us. I'm sure, as, as Max and I always do, we, we fool around for a little bit in the beginning. And people are like, just get to the game. So why don't we start kind of in order? Let's start with Philadelphia. Come back from behind twice. Uh, Mahala gets a goal. Franco Escobar on the score sheet. Dave, what were your initial impressions of that match?
2: It pretty much went the way you thought it would in terms of the styles of play. Stylistically, once you saw the lineup, you knew Philadelphia would likely go that way. But once you saw the lineup and the way they wanted to set up, it was all about them just hitting on the counterattack a few times and hoping they could score on those few times. If they didn't score on those two times, it would have been 2-0 LAFC. But they, to their credit, they made LAFC pay a couple of times on some, uh, you know, some uh, breakdowns, even minor breakdowns, Philadelphia will take it right, you know, down your throat if mm-hmm. you give them that opportunity. And it was nothing we didn't expect, but it pretty much went the way you expect. If Philadelphia was going to be able to put those chances away, it was going to be difficult to get the full three points. That's the bottom line. And when you play Philadelphia, whether it's at home or on the road in Philly, so it kind of went the way I expected in the sense that we know LAFC is going to battle. You know, they have not given up in one game this year. No You know, there's none of that going Mm on in uh, with under Steve Terundolo and in their history, they've always come back and battled and been able to score goals. And that's just continuing. And when you do that and you have a veteran laced team, that's not going to panic with an early goal against you. These are the kind of results you dig out. It wasn't pretty. It was very reminiscent of the Portland game early in the year, only Mm -hmm. the second games, many differences in the sense that we kind of now know what this team is compared to the second game of the season, but it's a lot of similarities in how the opponent wanted to attack you. They made it, you know, made us pay a couple of times, but we uh, got the result in the end that I think is pretty good. Also in a way, it's great that Philadelphia doesn't get the full three, not even just us getting one point, which is, you know, at home, you want more than that. Yes. But it's that Philadelphia didn't grab all three either. They didn't get the extra two points. Mm -hmm. If we're talking about the supporter shield, which, I don't care. It's not too early. We're a third of the way through the season. It's time to start talking about those things. And these two teams should be battling for that. So that was good to get that point and and, and really just subtract two points away from Philly.
1: Yeah, this was this was a rare match where both of you got to call the game, which is great. So I want to <laughs> throw this out to both Very of you. rare. Yeah, yeah very <laughs> rare. I want to throw this out to both of you because obviously the hype coming into this was number one in the East, number one in the West. So there was maybe more neutrals than general watching it. And I think that for the most part, the football intelligence of our general population around here is getting much and much better. But to your point, Dave, where it was a very tactical game, I, I enjoyed it for that reason because I thought that this was a high-level game with two coaches that know exactly what they want to do actually have styles, um, actually want to combat each other. Do you think that the neutrals enjoyed this game? Because I know neutrals mostly like four to three games and, and five-four games. But I thought it was, it for an MLS game, It looked more like the European game that we're kind of used to watching in the mornings on Saturday and Sunday.
2: Yeah, I would agree. I I did. I do listen to a lot of the MLS, you know, kind of programming, if you will, extra time and those kind of things. I highly recommend them if you are a fan of the league MLS today, some of the podcasts they do with guys like David Goss and Matthew Doyle and Andrew Weeby and such. And they were all like, this game was great. Like Matthew Doyle couldn't start He, he from a neutral perspective. He didn't care who he wins. loves. He loves LAFC. Yeah. He loves the way we play, but he yeah. didn't care who wins in a sense. He's not rooting for one yeah. team or the other, but he just thought it was a great game. That's all. I mean, he basically just simply said that. And that's, and I think that sums it up for the neutral. Obviously we're not particularly neutral when we're, you know, and in the sense of I want LAFC to win, even though I'm broadcasting and it, it maybe a little bit more of a neutral way, but from the from a neutral standpoint, I don't know how you couldn't have liked that game. It had, it had everything. It had some chippiness. It had some hard fouls. It had some very good football. It had some good inner working play, some great goals, scrappy goals, You know, just trying to get results against another great team. Both teams respected each other. You could clearly see that. I think it was a great a great showcase for MLS. Now it happened to be at 11 o'clock Eastern, so... Little bit of a quirk in the schedule there, but who cares? So I think that's just the way it
1: goes. There's there's time zones in this country. Nothing we can do about that.
2: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. And this is what
0: bothers me about the time zone chatter. It's we're always catering to the East Coast. I worked at ESPN and like I remember they would give they would do college football and they go, Who was your best performers of the week? I go, the Pac-12 games haven't even finished. (laughs) So wait wait a minute. that's the way it is. I mean, I think what we're talking about is an eight o'clock it was a 7.30 kickoff, that's pretty normal. It was like a half
2: hour. Yeah. So right. I kind of like the fact
0: that we maybe, rattled the East Coasters.
2: Maybe your fans on the West Coast, you know, want to go do something on a Saturday yeah. first and then go and to guess, a game, you know? like. And Dave, guess what I don't like to do? I don't like to wake up at 4 a.m. Yeah. to
0: watch a Premier League game. <laughs> Thank you. I don't complain about it. Actually, I usually don't wake up. That's the ones yeah, I watch. Me the either. Either. I don't really get up for them anymore. City Arsenal or, <laughs> I don't like that.
1: Well, no, I look and for the East Coast. I'll say this. There is nothing like watching a game under the lights. And I know that all of you it are going to complain, that, but it was so beautiful. Aesthetically, yeah. um, in person and on, and when it was put on camera, man, that that's the way. Look, we all talk about it. We, it's funny. People can't pinpoint it until you tell them that. But you go, you, why do you love Champions League games so much? You're like, uh, you know, a lot of it, it's the look and the feel and the atmosphere. Guess what? All those games are played at night.
2: You yeah. know, I'll tell you, to your guys' point, too, Look, if 15 million soccer fans in this country want to start watching MLS regularly, if I'm being perfectly honest, we'll put the games on whenever you want, right? You want them at 4 a.m., MLS would do it. Well, guess what? You're not watching MLS that much. You don't have a say. Mm -hmm. I don't care what you think anymore, quite frankly. So if if MLS wants (laughs) to put this game at 8 p.m. for the people who are in the Pacific time zone, good. Because if if you're, you're, frankly, you Euro snobs, I'll use the words. I don't care. If you want to watch the Premier League but don't want to watch MLS, you don't have a say on when we play our games because you don't really care anyway, so – there. I
0: have this uh, this voting guide for governor of California, Dave, and I don't see your name on there. But if it <laughs> was, <laughs> you have my vote.
2: Maybe I um, vote for president vote? of FIFA someday. I'm kidding. I yes, will do that. Do it. Do we, you got my vote.
1: Do we vote for MLS commissioner? Because if so, I'm, I... Dave, I'll tell
2: you. I like. That's, hey, we we got he something brewing here.
0: Find I like how name. Dave doesn't mince words and his his message. You know, this has been refined through the years about how we consume this sport, and it's important to to view it through those kind of those lenses. I just want to answer your question about. Philadelphia and how it popped off visually when you were there and then I watched the game when I came home and it popped off visually off the screen and that's uh, a testament to the stadium the way it's built for broadcast the way it's built for um, uh, those attending and how the thirty-two fifty-two obviously illuminates everything they they do about it but I just like a, I like I think you walk away from that game you, we know LAFC is ambitious and They play a beautiful way, and Philadelphia plays a little differently, but they have a style. But I like their ambition, and I like the idea. I mean, they they nail it more often than not.
2: Yeah, anything that they do. Philly too is it's not a team that's parking the bus without talent or just parking the bus.
1: It, it wasn't a parking I, of the bus. I'll no. disagree with uh, Mamadou Fall, who after the game tweeted. Yeah, I, I, uh, I agree. That That's an either. easy
0: expression to. to yeah, I
2: tend to agree with you, Vince. This is a style they play, and they have talented players mm-hmm. that can pull it off. They nailed, well, they nailed it. They nailed it with yeah.
0: Gosdog. They nailed it with Carranza. They got those kids that we didn't really see McGlynn, Aronson. Yeah. And Uah, who Sullivan. Didn't
2: play against us in that game. Uh, the forward looks like he's the real deal. You know, they mm-hmm. know what they're doing. They have. Kai Wagner, Is he, I mean, to
0: me, Kai Wagner and Cheeky are the best two left backs because they yes. go, they hit yeah. it. Uh, it You're just it was a minutes, really good
2: game. Short minutes against us, but that McGlynn kid too. Everybody Legit. talks about him. He came in tough as nails, man. He was throwing his weight around. Didn't care. He knows that he's belongs, and Philadelphia knows they belong. That's why yeah. that's different than just a team who's afraid to play and knows they're going to get run over if they don't park the bus for ninety minutes. This, that's not what this is about. Mm-hmm. This is a team that's playing at a high level that has high level talent too.
1: Yeah, if you're a player that's bought in, I mean, you know, we this is always the at, atletico conversation with with El Cholo Diego yes. Simeone. If you're bought into what Jim Curtin is saying, man, you love playing that style. You want to go out there. You want to get physical. You want to get dirty. Yes, there will be some moments where you get scrappy goals or, or bigger goals. But like you said, those young guys, they buy in, and they go, thanks, coach. I'm just going to run around out there like a pinball and just yeah. make stuff happen, and I well, love it's it. It's
2: funny because people say, well, you're not going to see a lot of 4-1 games, you know, them winning. How many times does a 4-1 game happen anyway? even if you're trying to score a lot of goals? Right. I mean, that's not – so, they're, yeah, they're winning a lot of games 2-1. Guess what? They're winning a lot of games. I mean, it's just – that's the whole point, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't take anything away from New England last season winning the Supporter Shield 1-0 every game. Now, it doesn't work for five years straight necessarily. You do have to make adjustments, but Philadelphia's found something that's working, and it's being done at a high level. Again, mm-hmm. that's the key. This is not a team that's just dragging the opponent down to them – by any means they just start they're a very talented team too
1: i think we got i mean
0: and we got the result and we got the. and they came in uh they came in raising their game you could see it because mm-hmm. i called their yeah, open cup the game thing, and you could see them they lift
2: maybe if, the, if philadelphia go, goes down one nil and then two one maybe they can't beat us in the sense that maybe they wouldn't have got that second goal mm-hmm. but they played a perfect game almost nearly perfect game to get the goals and get the lead against us twice. That was the key. Certainly if LAFC found an early goal, maybe things change and they have to kind of open up a little bit and maybe LAFC can even take advantage of that. But to their credit, again, they got a result. They got a result. They're going to be ironically a little less happy than LAFC was at the end of the game. If you really Mm -hmm. look at it, which is kind of interesting being at home, but Those are the kind of results you need in 34 games. This is not, you know, I know we always look at it one game at a time, of course, but over the course of a season, you did not let Philadelphia get two more points than they could have gotten. And that's, that's big.
0: Quick follow-up, yes or no, Dave, because I know we want to move on to the next one, but I talked to, we, Vince and I talked about this on LAFC 360 on 110 football YouTube. When LAFC falls behind, you we both say we know that they're going to have a response when they fell behind one zip we knew they're going to respond even at 2-1 with less time we were like pretty confident that they would and they do yes is that same
2: with you absolutely i mean they've played what 12 games now with the open cup i've never doubted for a moment that it doesn't matter if they fall behind i mean you don't Mm -hmm. want to but yes they will respond
1: yeah i mean that that's a perfect way to move us in into portland because I commented at the end of that game, we'll kind of start with the end and we'll just jump around. I commented uh, as they were kind of closing things out. I was like, you know, as much as I'd like to see them get a third goal, I would just like to see them get a shutout more than anything. Um, in just a professional performance, because at this moment, I said, I actually feel completely comfortable. There's 10 minutes to go in the game. And for the long time, to- for the longest time watching LAFC, I would be on the edge of my seat with 10 minutes to go even up to no, but, this time I didn't, I really did not feel, I, I was like, this is just going to go to script. I, I want to say that it's for me, it's a Maxime Crepeau effect. You guys tell me what, what has been different.
2: Well, I, I do know that they were comfortable because of Maxime Crepeau, just watching him in that game because he was flying around and kind of could have been caught out, frankly, a couple of times. And he knew he was it, but it was almost like a, a wink and a smile. Mm-hmm. So he was very comfortable the way he was playing in that match. And I think he was fully confident that his defense and he would, you know, handle that, which they ended up doing. So I'm with you. I think it is that there's a comfort level. Of, like even he said it in the postgame, we interviewed him right afterwards on the pitch as our post game interview on the radio. And he was like, essentially saying, the team is really getting gelling together defensively. That's just the bottom line. They're getting comfortable, even with the injuries they've had, it's not so much the four players. It's not like uh like a Philadelphia team that's had almost the same starting back line every mm-hmm. game this year, including of course, Andre Blake. It's not like that for LAFC. They've had those injuries, but he he intimated that it hasn't really mattered in, in terms of the progression as coming together as a unit. So it includes not just people who are starting, you know, and it's, it's the backups who are now becoming more regular if you will with injuries and things happening. So I, that's nothing but a positive because, mm-hmm realistically that's what this team needed to do for 2022 it had to shore up in the back we knew that goals would come or could certainly be available if you know if if people could finish and the the people we have on this roster can so it was all about really if that defense would just gel and just make it a little bit harder to score if that makes sense you know i always say in mls make your opponent score a fantastic goal right just make them in sc- any league make them mm-hmm. score world-class goals don't give up anything that's less than that and you will be in great shape and right now I think LAFC is doing a lot of that so it's working
1: mm-hmm. and we should say uh bon anniversaire to Maxime Cropo. it is his birthday today nice Ooh. Yeah, my little. Still, what, only? Can you sing that?
0: Can you sing right? "Happy Birthday" in French?
1: I cannot. I used to be able to. I did take French in high school. Is it?
0: Is it? Is it the way, same way we sing it in English and Spanish?
1: Yes, it is the same. Uh, it has the same rhythm. Bon an
0: anniversaire. Yes, I won't yeah, even go. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, don't, <laughs> Just so I know. You're don't even try but but I just want to put that man out
1: mystery, Max. Yeah,
0: I know.
2: You've I couldn't probably, even. You. I couldn't put three words together. That's. You that's, that's it's all smoke and mirrors. speaks speaks like twelve languages, I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah,
1: I guess so. What is it? He's 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 the coolest guy to hang around he's the nicest guy he loves the fans uh that was a great moment last night after he he did the shalala they sang happy birthday to him the thirty two nice, fifty two. Nice, yeah. and and for if if, if if it could have been anybody that they would have done it to i would i would pick max number one because you know, there's there's no one that loves that that section of fans more than maxime crapel think- did,
0: did you see the play when he made the save and the, the, i was when i was broadcasting and the, the camera caught him and he got caught a little bit the ball he finally made the save and he grabbed it like like, like like the squirrel yeah. with the acorn. And they did that thing with his lips. I got a relief. It was such a wonderful moment that was so Maxime Crepeau. And it's those, those things that just make, that he draws you in even further, that he's just this real guy that you can relate to. And mm-hmm. he is, uh, he is, uh, it's amazing to see how he is immersed himself and acclimated to this club where he is. The people will will do anything for him at this point. They well, love And him.
2: winning does that, too. It, it, yes. it makes it easier for everybody quicker to get acclimated because the football is not a worry. You know, you got a lot of worries and concerns if you're moving across the country or into a new country or whatever. You know, all these we don't think about these with professional athletes, but if you're winning right away at least that issue is off the table in essence. He can be comfortable at work. And that's, you know, that's a a good start to making comfortable, you know, human beings in their surroundings. And that obviously certainly then continues to help you on the pitch, I think.
1: And we had a little uh, role reversal in that game where uh, one of the Portland forwards made somewhat of a rash challenge. I didn't think it was that bad. Uh, But when he went to ground, Ilya Sanchez, Captain Ilya Sanchez, came running and screaming at that player. And you know who grabbed him? Maxime Cropot just put his hand on his shoulder and said, it's okay. It's okay. Whereas normally we're used to seeing Maxime stand up for his teammates. So like you said, coming into a new system and new guys, like these guys, they feel like, Max, you, you've said this, they feel like they've been here for four years the whole time.
0: It makes you think that maybe, I mean, from afar they admired it because it's been so seamless. And obviously the club and the supporters have made them very feel welcome, but there's something to, knowing about this and hearing about it that when you arrive you you want to get right into it and you want to feel comfortable like you have been here for three four years because that's exactly how it feels you know mm-hmm. uh so uh i i think that's part of it but it's it, it's i think the club should get a lot of credit and how things are handled here but this is a, it's a special place i mean well, everybody especially
2: with crepeau too no disrespect to vancouver i think they're building something but they you know they haven't had a great team either and he he kind of, you know, he did his level best to make and, it. And Kellen,
0: I just want to say, because, you know, Kellen, we knew know he wanted to go to Europe. He was yeah, like, he's sure. on his timetable. And I know he came here from all due respect to Dallas and Colorado. But this feels like that game on Saturday, that felt like you said, it was like a European game. These are special moments that will give some of these players buoyancy.
2: A tip of the cap to the fans at the bank, too, because that does make a difference. You know, I mean, the, the atmosphere is just different. Than almost every other club. Certainly, a couple that have you know very good atmospheres, no doubt about it, including Portland that we played last evening. Although we were playing at home, which was great, but yeah, it's something special. I mean, no disrespect to fans of MLS all over the league, but mm-hmm. it's a different level. It just is.
1: Well, I want to touch on that because Dave, you've been gracious with your time. We don't want to take up too much of it, but I want to touch on the atmosphere. It definitely felt like a revenge game. Like Bank really brought it for a Tuesday night in Los Angeles for the Open Cup, which we all know is is sometimes hard to promote but for lafc they take it serious and obviously they want to beat portland after all the bad blood and then obviously them knocking us out in 2019 but talk about the atmosphere and then are you a believer in you got to kind of get past your your bogey team and is this going to set them up for more success in a, in a tournament where it's a little start and stop because it happens you know i, I don't think the next game will be until two weeks so it's it's kind of it's not a rhythm you kind of get in
2: yeah yeah i thought it was a great crowd very in in that sense not only you know a good number of people obviously to for an MLS opponent in the open cup kind of on short notice if you will Tuesday night whatever excuses you want to make it was a good crowd and it was a good crowd in that they were into it mm-hmm. not just again we always praise the 3252 and rightfully so they set the tone and they have since day one of this club even before there was a club almost but it's also the other sections are now getting into it more and more and more. And they have done that. And they take the cue from the thirty-two fifty-two. So it gets loud. It gets obnoxious which in a good way where it's a, a home field advantage, a home pitch advantage. And that's just, that's just a fact now playing against, you know, you can talk to any opponent you want and they know that and they say that. Mm-hmm. And we've now heard it from the guys who have come to LAFC from other teams and said, yeah, that was a factor when we came here to play, no matter what anyone will tell you it is. So, yeah, we had that. But also beating Portland Timbers to me, I mean, in the, my sports hate rankings. Let, yeah, it's let it out, Dave, Number Let's one, do right? Let's do it. This is still just sports, but it's sports hate. That's a term I've coined over the many years of doing mm-hmm. sports talk. Portland Timbers are one for me, number one. 1A is the Pittsburgh Steelers being a Cleveland guy. You know, that's got to be right there. <laughs> but, I mean, it's so it's close. Steelers wrong, and Timbers are almost –
1: they're like cut from the same cloth in a they lot really of ways, are. I yeah, feel like. Just, to um, be honest with you. <laughs>
2: they (sighs) discuss both both clubs discuss me quite frankly in in a sports hate kind of way and so anytime we can beat the portland timbers i don't care what it is i don't care if it was an mls skills challenge that nobody even you know knew about or whatever just if you can beat the portland timbers fine by me and that to make it all the better it's a knockout competition too of course and we're sending them home and that's Mm -hmm. always a good feeling
1: yeah some people talking about uh unfair portland didn't have their full team but i'm going to say this this is the way the Open Cup goes. I just said it. it's It's not a rhythm. It's a few weeks off, a few weeks on. Like, there's always going to be times. Like, LAFC, right, in two but, weeks, have more injuries okay. than we expect. Wait a minute. They
2: didn't have their full team. Last I checked, everybody that played for Portland last night cashes a check from the Portland Timbers, right? Mm-hmm. Making them a professional football. LAFC didn't have their whole I mean, – LAFC is loaded with injuries. We don't want to focus on that necessarily. Right. I know guys are working their way back, and that's great. But that's why you have depth, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why – with all due respect to the Timbers or whoever you want to say, everybody talks about, well, you're going to rotate in the Open Cup. Yes, LAFC did. And guess what? It's still a bunch of guys who are MLS starters. Mm-hmm. That's what the whole team is. And I mean, it's not a cliche. You know, it's like, yes, Portland Timbers had a lot of guys missing. So did LAFC. Mm-hmm. Uh, go take a look. Our, unfortunately, our injury list is getting long. And that right. you know is a concern. But that's why you have depth. That's why you build a whole roster. Portland had to go get some guys from T two. Sorry, I don't care. They're still paid to be professional athletes, right? They, they wore the jersey. Am I right? They wore the Timbers jersey. They, they wore did the Timbers yep. last night. And, and,
0: and look, they—I mean—they did have. Granted, they weren't one hundred percent, but a lot of Niazgoda. Look at the and, three subs
2: at the same time. Yeah, Max Sebastian changed Blanco came yeah, off, changed came onto
1: that field. So hey, yeah, I mean,
2: if and, if and frankly, if Portland would have got one past Crepou when those guys kind of came in and really went offensive, could have been a whole different game. You never know, mm-hmm. but they couldn't break down the LAFC defense, couldn't beat Maxine Cripo, but they charted, They did try, to their credit, to change the game with three big-time subs. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like they were playing nothing but T2 players that were just overmatched by any means. And even the ones they brought up are very good prospects and good players in their own right. They just don't have the depth. They weren't going to beat us so yeah. oh well. Just
0: know. one f- a final story to layer the, the Timbers' hate. So last time I did a Timbers LFC U.S. Open Cup game, Timber fans came at me because I pronounced "Dyrona Sprisha." I just overdid it. I exaggerated, which is accurate. I go "Dyrona Sprisha," Yeah. how they used to say "Tino Sprisha." Sure. So I go, "Hey, why are you doing that?" I kid you not. This week, I said I'm not going to overdo it. So there was a guy um, Ayala. So I went Ayala Ayala. Two Timber fans came out. It's pronounced Ashala. Oh, I almost, no. I oh. <laughs>
2: I go, huh, what? what, what uh, do you want? So, that's just so timbers, isn't it? It's isn't it so t- timbers? It really <laughs> it's so is. timbers. And I, I'm like, you guys are you guys are crazy.
0: And I really did a, a straight down the narrow call. So I, I I I spoke on both behalf of which is what they should have done. And I res- and I I know this arrival, totally. but I respect Absolutely. a lot of the timbers, what they're able to do. Many things I mean that the the fundraiser for Ukraine, their success. Uh, but the tim- the Timber fans sometimes. <laughs>
2: That's no so. As, as Dave
0: said, that's so. That's Timbers, way. print the
2: shirts. I, I'm not crying this morning that we sent them home and knocked them out of the competition. Uh, uh, tears of joy, maybe, but uh, other than that, I don't care. Yeah, goodbye, Portland. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't let the U.S. Open Cup door hit
1: you on the way out. That's all. I mean, yeah. How about minutes.
0: Dave? How you've about, had like ten nuggets in this conversation. Yeah. Unbelievable.
1: Dave brings it. Dave's brings it. We we get him for the short beer, and he always brings it. But uh, well, I want to wrap on this. How about the uh, song at the end? Na, 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 na. Hey, hey, hey. I, I did Loved comment it.
2: about that. We let it, we actually put up the audio. I, I told my engineer, like, listen to the 3252 bidding farewell the Portland. And we uh, jack- cranked up the audio on that and let it run for a little while. It was beautiful. Just I, it, it I warmed love- my old man heart here. You know, that was glorious. Well, so.
1: I like it because of this. So as, as L.A., you know, we we ha- have that mantle of the beat LA, right? We have to mm-hmm. kind of wear that, and uh, sure. and all the, all these other cities are always like, well, it's just because you guys aren't real fans and you don't care. I love that they show that. You know, no, no, we care just as much as you do. We're going to sing the song that you guys normally yeah. sing when you guys all get so excited about beating us in a regular season game or a game that doesn't matter. This was a knockout game. Goodbye. Yeah. And we we can show you we can be just as petty and we care just as much <laughs> as you
2: do. I agree. <laughs> and I, I, I'll end it on It's fun three. to be petty. I've probably even told you guys this, but I tell this story a lot. Like, L.A. is one of the most underrated sports markets. It has millions of people that don't love sports. Okay, mm-hmm. it has millions of people that do and are massive fans. Ma- I mean, yeah, they're big, ultra fans. Yeah, it's a big city. What are you suppose? I mean, yes, there's going to be a lot of people who don't love sports here, and maybe maybe many of them go to games and kind of just you know they're there for the wrong reason. There are millions and millions and millions of diehard sports fans here. It's one of the best sports markets in the world, and it's certainly one of the most underrated. Mm-hmm. And I think we prove it time and time again here in this town, no doubt. Dave Denholm,
1: the best.
0: Brilliant.
2: I
1: can't just believe we're all—I I can't believe we're all actually in California, and we still had to do this via Zoom because we cobbled it together. We gotta get—we gotta do it all together. The big city, person. what I just say?
0: It's hard to get <laughs> together.
1: We and we actually are on like all corners of this big city from where hey, we yes, are. It's, it's,
0: it's, I know. I think I think it. I think it's 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 a nice touch because it shows that we're connecting all the parts of
2: sure.
0: the the great Southland. Well, so it's good. The
2: reason we're not all together is I got to go get some groceries down the street. It's gonna take me an hour and a half to get there, so I got to get going. But <laughs> good, good luck. <laughs> Fair. Good
0: luck with all the baby products. I know sometimes they they they, they clear off the aisles. So good exactly. luck, sir.
2: Thanks, fellas. All right, take it home, is, Max.
0: There we go. There's Dave Denholm, the the radio voice of LAFC, and he's in very good spirits. We always have a great time, and we get a lot smarter as well. Vince, uh, quality show, and by I I will bring it up later. But well, I'll just uh, we I'll, can. Re- I'll, you just you just break on okay. the
1: fourth wall. I know. Okay, you I'll did say it. the second segment first. So we're actually gonna go back. Now you guys are you guys are like Back to the Future here. But go ahead. Okay, I want
0: to say it now. Then I'll say it now, and I want to Dave to hear. But there was uh, some people from the Timber side saying that this is not a rivalry, mm-hmm. and I was like before the game. I'm like I-, I understand it. I know you have your number one rivalry, but why would you not embrace that? And and B it is a rivalry because someone said it goes. Oh, we're, someone's being overblown. It was from a few places that. This is, you know, it's so Nouveau. We're both new clubs in this. And we've had famous moments across the board. And Mm -hmm. the two fan bases don't like each other. You you can't fake that. It's there. I mean, because it's not like that with the Timbers than it is with San Jose or the Sounders. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is, Sounders are are closing out, but the Timbers from the beginning. Yeah. And you heard Dave say it. I mean, I don't, I I just, we need rivalries. This is a legit rivalry. I can photographically remember every Portland Timbers LAFC Mm -hmm. matchup. And Timbers had the upper hand. and now it can seem to get, it. and that's why it's a rivalry because both have stuck it to the other one over the years.
1: It's authentic. It's on and off the field. And if you think that this is a manufacturer rivalry, what like to your point, we're not really as big of a rival with San Jose. Don't you think we would have engineered a rivalry with someone different? Like there's no reason for it to be completely LAFC organic Portland. So if it is and it feels this way, it has to be organic. very well said. All right. this is inside on that
0: wrap it up on that now yep. note the Inside LFC Maxim Vibs podcast covering all of Los Angeles and some of Orange County and LAFC fans everywhere you're always welcome to check us out download subscribe tell a friend and leave us a comment as we uh, continue we appreciate all the kind words uh, certainly for those at the stadium LFC traveled to Colorado on Saturday LFC at home to Austin so we'll have a lot to cover for the next show and we will talk to you then